0: The Scottish Paranormal Podcast. I'm your host, Chris, and here we'll be delving into a multitude of stranger currencies that happen within Scotland and beyond. You can contact us with your accounts at the Scottish Parable Podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on all social media channels and you can contact us by either means. Tonight's episode, we have Hazel Stewart back on the show. Hazel's an author and researcher of Robert Kirk. I had her on previously, uh, discussing all things Robert Kirk and Digging into some of the, the folklore stories. Um, tonight we'll discuss some more stories and, and delve into a wee bit more deeper. Right, so tonight's episode, we have Hazel Stewart on the show. Um, Hazel was on previous, um, discussing all things Robert Kirk. Hazel's an uh, author and researcher of Robert Kirk and currently, no far off, bringing a book on Robert Kirk as well. Am I right in saying that? <laughs>
1: Hopefully.
0: Getting there, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So we delved in a good bit about Robert Pickler last time and tonight we're going to discuss a wee bit about some of the, the stories in regards to premonitions and um, I've also got a, a folklore story for you as well which I've I've just picked up recently, I know I've been chatting back and forth with you about it, um, I've not told you about it yet but I'll, I'll tell you a wee bit about the story so how are you, how are you tonight Hazel? I'm great and I'm
1: looking forward to
0: your story. <laughs> we can get right into it and I'll tell you the story first so... Um, it was funny because when we were organising the, the meeting again, um I had somebody contact me. I, I get people contact me now and again, mate, the stories here and there, and I get different people on the show. And um this the person who told me the story didn't didn't want to be recorded in regards to um putting it out there, but he said they could relay the story. Um just for the fact that did not want to seem like a crazy person or or anything like that. Um but that's that's what that's where we are these days. We're still, for what he's seen, I could probably imagine why why he can, he feels this way as well because um, it's 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 quite a it's quite a mad story. You know I mean, but it's these things happen. People see these things, um, and there must be a treasure trove of stories out there that people don't relate to anybody and keep it to themselves. And that's what um that's what I'm here for. That's what I'm trying to find out. You know what I mean, it's like, I'm in I'm in this for to try and find some more stories and try and dig out all the old stories for the family backgrounds and things like that. That's what I really want to try and get. It's, it's not about fame or anything like that. It's, I want these stories.
2: <laughs>
0: so um, so it was, this was what happened in 2016. It happened in 2016, and he was driving between, It was on the A9. So the A9, to all the listeners out there, if you don't know, the A9 motorway, the A9 motorway, um, it's a motorway that runs from the central belt of Scotland and it drives all the way up to the north coast. And it's it starts off as a motorway, changes it a dual carriageway. And it's you could basically have it from central Scotland all the way up to the north coast at Um, So anyway, it was on the A9 and the A9 situated between um, Stirling and Perth. So there's quite a devoid of population in between that part um there are a few small towns and stuff like that so he, he was there and he's from roughly kind of within that area i'm not to tell you where he's from but it's a, a good square area anyway so he was on one of the side roads of the a9 and um hopefully I'll tell the story correctly i'll need to go back and review it again right but he'd seen uh start off wait he'd seen uh it was like a, a hawk or a sparrowhawk chasing something and it was it was and it was coming towards him. I was it was coming against the wind and it was coming towards him. I couldn't make out where it was it was coming towards him. And he was in a car, his wife was in the car next to him, she was sleeping, and um this thing was coming towards him. And he, he said the way it looked, it looked like um, the shape of a maple leaf, but it was about a foot wide. Okay, but a foot wide, shape of a maple leaf, and it was coming straight towards him um, in the car. As he was driving along the road, they said there was another car coming um, on the other um, side of the road at the same time, and they actually slowed down as well. Um, so they think they had seen it as well. So what he'd seen is this thing came towards them. He said it looked like a, a a big maple leaf. It was, if I can remember correctly, he said it changed colour. Said it was like orange in colour first. Right, you'd think a maple leaf's that colour, right? People would think that a foot wide though, right? And he said uh, when it when it got closer, it, it it changed to like any pinky color, and the center of it was like a more white, creamy type color, as far as I can remember. So what he said he's seen though, he said that a lot of people would probably just say right, you've seen a bat, or you've seen this, or you've seen that, um. But he actually seen he said within the center of this this thing, um, he said he could see it was like the shape of a man. In in the centre of this with wings. It was the shape of a man. And he said he could even see its face grimacing because it thought it was going to get hit by the car. And as it was coming closer, it changed, it changed colour. And it, it kind of pulled its wings or whatever. They said it didn't hit the car, but it kind of went over the wind, it kind of went over the windscreen as if like it'd been caught by the wind. Um, but he said it was You could see he could see muscles in this thing. It was that close to his windshield in the car. And he could see its face and, and he said he could see its face grimacing. And he said the way I could describe it um, is obviously the wing kind of spanning it, it looked like um uh a, a map shape of a maple leaf, that kind of kind of the points and it he said it looked like that. But then um when it when it came closer, you could see that it had like a like a like a man in the centre there, which is like a kind of white in colour, a pinkish colour. And he said it's. It looked like he said if you've seen Guardians, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, right? And the thing in Guardians of the Galaxy called Groot, it's like a thing. It looks like a tree type thing. He said it looked like that, apart from it, it was white and it had a kind of flat head. Um, the way its head was quite flat because that's what it was. But he said that it it had like um like a man's face and a man's body in, in the middle of this thing. And he said, it's the strangest thing. He said that, I mean, it's, it's the strangest thing I'd seen, because I never even told my wife about that until well later on. And he hadn't told, uh, as far as I can remember, when I um, listened to his story, um, he never related to anybody else. In fact, one other person that he's working related to. And that was it, because he didn't want to seem like he was mad or, or stuff like that. Um, so that that's what he's seen. But it, it's in, in the same area, um, They've seen other things as well. I said they'd seen, um, I think he's, he's one of his friends had seen like orbs and stuff like the sky. this guy. This guy's like um I mean, it's no I, I listened to his story, seemed totally plausible. I mean, didn't they seem he was making it? up or in like that? Um, no reason to lie about it. Did they want to be relayed or did they want it recorded or nothing like that? I said they could relay the story and that was it. And you come across stories like us quite a lot with people didn't want to um Put them out there just because they didn't want to sound absolutely bonkers, you know what I mean? But they happen, they do happen. I mean, so I just thought I'd kind of add that in at the start because it was just it was just really at the same time as we were kind of messaging to to set this up. But um, aye, so it's a, it's a it's a strange one. I mean, I've, I think when he researched it, he researched into it and the only thing he could chalk it up to in regards to folkloric things, it was a thing called a dryad. Um, mm-hmm. so, um, which is, is uh, I don't know, I've not looked too much into what a dryad is, but it's, it's something folkloric, fairy kind of like, or whatever. It was somewhat like that. I mean, so, got an interesting story, all the same, though.
1: It is an interesting story, isn't it? And uh. isn't it interesting his reaction to not want to share that and to, to hide who his, ident- what his identity was? And you would think, you would think that Robert Kirk might do the same, but um, uh, he, he's right on the edge there. So, I've got my own. Theories, which I think I've shared with you before, about um, why he might do that. But it's interesting that even today, you know, people see strange things, and um, the, the, rather than sort of say, "Oh, that was a funny story," that was a weird experience, and what could it be? And and be open about it. There's still that um, it, it might be a different dominant narrative now. Science is much stronger now, or you know, that sort of rational. It must be something in the real. That's always obviously always been an issue for everybody for hundreds of years.
0: That that that's interesting because it is it is like that. I mean, it's been it's gone back to his day. It's been like that. Although he was trying to record some of these stories as well and, and doing all that. It's uh, and you get people doing that these days and whatever. but there's so many people who are still reluctant to um come forward and tell their story. Um and we, every type of phenomena.
1: Very convenient then, that they had fairies in those days and uh, you could just blame it all on the fairies, couldn't you?
0: <laughs> Aye, that was it. Aye. Fairies, theories and now it's now it's UFOs and aliens.
1: Yeah. And but, the Bible um, is a little bit um uh a bit more amenable as a as a dominant narrative, actually, because in the Bible, but in, in the Bible there are miracles, there are demons, there are hmm. all sorts of things that happen that are, that would appear to be miraculous, and you could say, Oh, God made that happen. Science doesn't really give us that way out, does it?
0: no no that's the thing but i mean there's a lot of, there's a lot of belief that um there's lots of things living around about us that we can't see we can only see a certain wavelength and people believe that things exist in different vibrations and and things like that as well so they can just be interacting and one of the good analogies i had a, a um i somebody one recently and they gave a good analogy yeah it, which it, it, it kind of got me thinking so obviously we deal with all this kind of stuff. You think about paranormal things and you think of ghosts or you think of otherworldly things that can be there Um don't interact with you or sometimes interact with you. Um, but the way he said it, he said, these things we can only see, obviously, so much or interact with so much. These things are there. He said, it, but there's no different to if you, you're outside and, and there's a bumblebee going about its business or there's like ants doing what they do. They're not interested in what you do. Because they're just doing their thing. And it might not be an intelligence thing. It just might be down to either just they either don't see you or that. So I find it just quite a good analogy, just with the, the thing with thinking about insects and birds and stuff like that. No really interested in what we're doing, but they're there. And it could be the same kind of thing. But he, the way he said that, I'm sure he said to start off, it was like the thing came in. It was either like the thing appeared. You could see it coming in far off when the bird was chasing it and it was either looked like it was shocked it was getting chased and it could be seen and then it just about hit the car but you could see it in its face I mean so it's uh, I found that it, it's just quite a, a kind of wee mad interesting story there but I mean you'd be surprised the amount of people who don't want to talk about stuff I mean I was quite reluctant for you to talk I've not got a lot of mega great stories out there but it's, I was always kind of reluctant to talk about stuff as well because you didn't want people at your work thinking you're nuts or or in law like or, or whatever. I mean, so
1: but you put yourself in that nice sort of zone where uh, Robert Kirk put himself as well, which is I'm just the mediator. I'm just telling you what other people think. I,
0: I have told some stories though. I've got some stories. I've told some things. So there's been a, a few interesting ones here. But, I uh, So so what have you kind of found out yourself? I mean, with some more of your kind of research and things about. Uh, Robert Kirk in regards to um, premonitions or precognition.
1: Premonitions. Now that you've said all that, I'm thinking we should probably have done seers because there's a lot to say about what he says about why people can see things and other people can't see things and where they are and whether they're born with it and whether it's a bad thing or a good thing. Um, there's a, there's an awful lot. That's an entire YouTube video on its own. I've got to say there's quite a lot in there. Um, but yeah, premonitions I thought would be a, a nice one to focus on, seeing as we're coming to the end of the year. Mm-hmm and lots of people look to their horoscopes and tarot card readers online and all that kind of stuff to see what's going to happen in the next year don't they yeah so uh it's topical um so i went through the text again and there's actually nine instances throughout the full text um mm. of uh, some form of premonitions now the text is actually broken into three parts depending which version you pick up there's uh robert kirk well four parts actually there's robert, robert kirk writes writes his initial initial um, com- uh, secret commonwealth. Mm-hmm. Then there's a letter from Tarbert, Lord Tarbert, that somehow or other makes it to him as well, although it's addressed to Robert, Robert Boyle in London.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then Robert Kirk re- responds to what's in that letter. And then there's another bit that's only in some texts, actually, or some e- editions of this, uh, there's this spells and charms as well. But uh, there's no premonitions in that, it's much more to do with simple charms being recorded, actually. Um, so across uh, Robert Kirk's first text, where he was collecting things he'd heard, stories like you do, and then across Tarbert's letter, there are nine different premonitions, and I thought it was really interesting, personally, just just look, looking at what they were about was mm. a bit the sign of the times because we would look at our horoscopes and and most people would be looking for career, money, love, maybe yeah and actually there's one about love and there's uh one about money none about career and <laughs> all six of the others sorry seven yeah the other seven are all about war injury and death
2: mm-hmm.
1: which i think just shows what dangerous times they were
2: yeah yeah
1: um you know, civil war effectively back in those days Oh totally um you take,
0: take your pick <laughs> i
2: mean <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's really complicated. That's a whole other YouTube video as well, or a whole series of them actually, um, about those times. So we, we are talking about at uh, sixteen sixteen ninety, early sixteen nineties, late sixteen eighties, I suppose. And it's uh William of Orange um but all the knock-on effects that really, really badly is supposed to be the glorious re- revolution and no one died, but actually hundreds of people died in Ireland and, and Scotland was pretty badly affected as well, and it kicked off wars for several decades after that so uh, yeah it really was quite tumultuous times and it's still the times where people got hung for things and you know witches and all that kind of stuff going on so you know put a foot wrong or upset the wrong person and who knows um so yeah i just thought that was interesting (laughs) i don't know if you wanted to uh love money or some form of war slash death first
0: See, is it's interesting? though where you separating the seers from the premonitions because the uh, but the seers not have the premonitions or but the seers see something would they be more inclined to see things differently. Um, so I would see I would probably I'd probably put them all into one category because like seers you get um, let's say you get seers these days they can they can do a lot of different things. I mean, you maybe put them chalk it up to they could be somebody who could potentially see the future or um actually um see things that maybe travel elsewhere within you know what i mean so they could maybe see some distance a her as it maybe see something like a, a certain distance um or they could maybe go to the future or go into the past so you get for example um at this day and age you get like remote viewers I've got I've got somebody on next week who's a remote viewer and the, that was like studied in the, the American government back in the day. They had a, a, a psychic spying program and stuff. And then they found that they could go into the future and into the past as well as seeing things as well. So it was like, that's interesting. So sorry, we'll just we'll go around kind of about that. So,
1: well, I mean, all of these people are described as seers by Robert Kirk. So they've yeah. all got, you know, made a premonition and they're a seer. And he does go into who might be a seer, who might you know, and all, all, all of that. But like I say, that's probably a different topic. Um, just going through um, what premonitions there were. Interestingly, he says that most premonitions are within a two month period or just a, a couple of months. So people see something and then it happens fairly quickly. Although there are some examples that are definitely not that. So, uh, he makes these assumptions and then he tells us a story that totally undermines what he's just said, but <laughs> here we go. <laughs> so, um, Shall i just pick one to go with
0: yeah um, go for it yeah
1: okay let's start with the money one i like this one so he says that in the place he used to live which i assume must be balquidda yeah do you know where that is
0: yeah, no, um, yeah. It's, um, on
1: the, it's
0: on the road it, up to it's up, up past it, it, is it, it, it crane Lara up that neck of the woods yeah that way yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um it's very beautiful there's very little there tiny tiny little hamlet village really um and it probably was the same then um yeah but he says that uh just, yeah these two women have both had visions independently he goes on and it's clear that they must have been in bed in separate beds in separate houses mm-hmm. and then they heard as they woke up um that they had this vision that there was gold somewhere in a fairy hill and as they woke up and came to they heard a voice that told them where it was and both of them set out from their houses at seemingly the same time the same night and met up at the fairy hill and i think this is wonderful because actually you would think they'd fight or they have an <laughs> argument they didn't they decided to help dig help dig help each other to dig so they dug together at this particular point mm. and they unearthed all these golden coins in a I think he said it was in a chest, but it's obviously in some sort of um, thing. So they you, you, you unearthed all these coins, and at the time there was a bit of a shortage of grain. this you know, people were hungry, and um, it just goes to show how hungry they were. Because the women then decided to half the gold coins again, very <laughs> diplomatically done. Uh, they half the gold coins, took it, took their half back home, and they they um, they swapped a dish of gold coins for a dish of corn or grain. Mm -hmm. back from villages and stuff around them. Um and he says 15-20 years later he's writing because he he does tell us what year that was um 1676 that supposedly happened. Mm -hmm. He says oh there's still people with these coins to this day who who traded their their grain for these coins.
2: Be
0: good to get one of these coins get get my hands on one of these coins.
1: (laughs) Yeah totally Especially because say it was definitely from that particular incident. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was nice. They worked together. That was a nice one. And then the other nice one, I suppose, is the loved one. There was a young lady, and um, that he was. Uh, now, this is actually Lord Tarbot, So he's in a company of various people, but one of them is a young lady who's unmarried. And uh, they come across this man who's a seer, and they say, Oh, is, is anyone in love with this? Young, presumably, like a test. Is anyone in love with this young lady? Mm-hmm. And he, um, this year, goes on to describe that, um, what this, he says, I can see someone right next to her. In fact, he's got his head on her shoulder, which means that they're going to get married.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: then he describes the man to a T, and lo and behold, so it comes true. A few years later, she marries a man who looks just like that. Mm-hmm. Now, that sounds like a bit of a horoscope one, which came first. Was it that mm-hmm. she was looking for that man, or was he right? <laughs> I don't know.
0: I find it interesting though where they've got like they've got seers back in the past and people go to them and they'll ask them questions or they'll pay them money to ask questions and things like that and and um, you get that right for the ages with shamans and all that kind of stuff as well but it's interesting you get that to this day where you get mediums and stuff and people go to mediums and they'll ask them questions and they'll they'll go through all that kind of stuff I mean it's, it's it's interesting how it just you know, these people were only burnt at the stake back then. They, they all were only burnt at the stake back then, <laughs> and it was acceptable. no. And
1: it's been riskier as that time went on because it was James, James the First and Six back in sort of 1601, 1605, whatever. Um, mm. he he was the one that wrote demonology and sort of, you know, made it a bad thing, as it were. Yeah. Um, he kickstarts all of that. So it's interesting that you know, the end of that century, and you've still got people quite willingly, you know, saying that they are middle of that century towards the end quite happily um yeah saying that they're seers and they can do these things you would think yeah. you'd be terrified but,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um so the one of the other examples is of a, of a lady who um is a sort of set up as an oracle so here's somebody who's definitely in that you know this is my profession mm-hmm. um zone you, you're and, claiming
0: to be an oracle you're definitely in the profession,
2: <laughs> it profession <laughs> yes
1: yeah. so it's not just a random person who sees something or somebody who's passing person that says they can see things um and she was the oracle of uh well he says call a snatch but actually I looked that up and it is Collins-y. Collins so she's way out yeah um and she'd been asked is the is the enemy coming anytime soon um what, what's going to happen they were kind of they were expecting something mm-hmm. and uh, so way before the enemy arrived I think it was a week or two before um she did see something And she Oh, they are coming and i think they're coming so though don't they're coming or going she said it's very strange there's a there's a boat out there i can't decide if it's coming or going the men are sort of backwards i don't know they're not rowing right there's something wrong with this vision i can't work it out but they are coming Mm -hmm. or and or they're nearby and um it turned out when they did turn up that actually the enemy had stolen the boat from the island in the first place. So that confused her because it was actually their boat. Mm-hmm. And they were they were um, although the boat was heading towards the island, they were rowing backwards.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: that had confused her because you couldn't tell if they were coming or going. Mm-hmm. And I think that caused some embarrassment for the poor Oracle.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I find that interesting. It really is. I mean, it's, it's especially as well. We just I've been listening to some of the stuff. Um, in regards to remote viewing, and um, it's, it's just amazing that now they actually the, I mean, they made a thing it with the whole psychic spine, it and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's, it's um, and people, quite a lot of people believe that everybody's got it in them to do it, mm. and it's just trying to develop it or to get it out there.
1: Yes, finding your third eye. I've heard of
0: that, that totally. Eye? I mean, everybody can do it, apparently. I mean, that's it. So
1: I... into it for the third eye. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> here's, here's an interesting one that's not one of the nine, it's not actually prediction. I, I didn't have it in the prediction category, but I had it in a sort of well, I don't know where else it goes category. Um there was a uh seer in a in a pub who so you know clearly he you can't tell whether these people are actually sitting in a pub going, Hey, I'm a seer, do you you know taking money for it? Or whether they just happen yeah. to be known as the seer of the pub. But yeah. um seer <laughs> in the pub and he suddenly he was having a conversation and he suddenly turned strangely and looked at thin air. And uh they all said, What are you doing? What are you doing? And he said, Oh, my mate he was trying to shove a load of butter in my face, a plate of butter in my face.
2: Mm.
1: They were like, There's no one there. And he's like, Yeah, yeah, but he's in Ireland and we just play these games sort of thing. So they uh, the men the men that were in the pub they took down all the the date, the time and everything and they wrote to Ireland and got a response agreeing that yes actually that man had been paying that trick exactly that time.
0: So so for so some reason these two people could could manage to communicate with each other. Uh, yes, one yeah. in
1: Scotland, one in Ireland.
2: Hmm. So that,
1: that sounds more like what what you're saying about that. It's not so much predictions; it's about that idea of. Communicating
0: without. Aye. Or, or being there else. or going there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, I thought like that, that it, some of these stories are quite funny, aren't they? I mean, they
0: kind of like. It's funny, you, uh, imagine I'm going and collecting these stories. <laughs> and, and and how would you find out about these stories? Oh, well, uh, Margaret for the next town over heard this, heard this story in a pub where and then go and try to track these it's hard enough to try to track these stories during this day and age with the social media and internet let alone like when um you've even got like a solid good mail service back then <laughs> like a, a letter would probably take weeks to get somewhere
1: <laughs> yeah yeah and then um, you know clearly people were a little bit happier to talk about it perhaps than they are today i don't know okay. i think yeah. we're coming into a time where people are more happy to talk about these things certainly much more interest in this sort of stuff today isn't there than there was say 10 20 years ago I think the Always. internet and and the pandemic people want a certain level of um they're open to thinking in different ways the pandemic's shaken us into actually the world where we were living isn't the only way to live and then well, maybe reality is not quite the only way to yeah uh, to see the yep. world either so I think people are opening up to that sort of idea which might might spark a bit of a revolution like you know,
0: scientifically, and, and we break a boundary somewhere that'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, though. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing. That's when I was I know referring back to this again, but like the in the American government, they didn't a lot of different, um, like the Russians did it as well, probably did it in the UK, but like they'd funded it for like 30, 40 years or something. And it was the like, by, did, did they? no, I mean, the US, oh, US. A, it was funded by like the. Like, well funded but I mean the, the government funded it but it was like the military and it was things like the CIA, FBI, DIA, they all used it they used it for loads of different things so they would use it for things where a uh, so people would it was setting a way where they would have a monitor and somebody else would give them a double blind target and the target could just be uh, a set of, it could just be a, a set of coordinates and it was mainly, and the person giving it to them didn't know what it was, and they didn't know they didn't, they, it was in a blank envelope. They didn't know what was inside it, so they would basically, um, I know more about it next. I know what I've what I've read about it. You know what I mean, and what I've looked online through years and that. Yeah, but, um, so what they would do is they'd basically got to, I wouldn't say a, a sort of trans type thing, where they could just go there and be there and describe the target and draw it and stuff like that, and um. Some of them had like about a, an eighty percent success rate. Some had maybe about a sixty percent success rate. But they could basically, um, like for the DIA, for example, maybe like the drugs enforcement, they tell them where drugs were on boats, and they would search the boats and find them. Uh, or they would maybe be able to find where there's maybe missiles getting kept in Russia and, and things like that. But they funded it for years. I mean, they 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 proved it actually worked. It it started off in the the Stanford Research Institute. At one of the universities, and then it went. Then after that, it went into the, the government. You know what I mean, but there was loads of stuff out on it. I mean, it was it's quite it's quite interesting. All that, all that side of it, because it gives it a bit of credence because they actually funded it for that long, and there was like hmm. lots of different people involved in it um, and doing it. But um, you've got that aspect. To it, But the other thing that impressed me as well was where you've got um, linked to the same type of thing. You've got the Minnu Institute. So the Minnu Institute is based and it's based in the uk and it's based in america i started america um years and years ago with a guy called robert Monroe, and he was like a media exec but ended up ended up um having out-of-body experiences and knowing and what's happened to him so when he looked into it more and more eventually could do it lots and lots and lots and lots and ended up he uh, trained a lot of people how to do it so like people could he could do it like leave his body and he was like transversing Within this um, local, we used to call it, or he could go elsewhere after that, like different dimensions and stuff like that. But he was linked into a lot of the people as well who were to do the, like the, the governmental stuff and that as well. It's, it's totally interesting when I mean, you actually go down that rabbit hole. I mean, there's there's quite a lot to it. But um, but it all links into, it all links into it.
1: You need to go. You need to contact the uh, game show people, and because they, if, if if such a thing exists, surely they've got a blacklist of people that are not allowed on the game shows because they'll win all the money.
0: I bought a lot of ticket the night, so I'm hoping. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> that one that Meghan Marco was on with the boxes. I mean, if you could see inside the boxes, you're going to win.
0: Mm, that's it. Mm. No, it's interesting. I'm just it's just in my head because I've been reading about it and um, been looking at it for the last wee while for the last few months. Um, and I've got a guy on next week, so it's and it links into a bit about this because it's just it's still still the past. So obviously, so I will I you kind of crack on with some of the other ones.
1: Yes, I mean that's not quite premonition, is it? Kind of like um, being able to, it's more like a psychicness, but it's it's in this real time. Mm. It's um, whereas yeah, these these are all the ones I've picked out are all to do with. Uh, there probably are quite a few examples of that as well, but the ones I've picked out mostly are yeah premonitions, so somebody seeing seeing in the future um so where shall I start uh so there, there, there's some fairly simple ones like um there's a uh from Robert Kirk let's okay. go. Robert Kirk um there's a man who is covered in blood just appears by the side of this man um you know man walking along the, the road and there's a a man comes along and he's covered in blood mm. um he's not actually real and um he says it's just to warn him that the enemy are coming, and they're about to you know something's gonna happen, and um that's what he, that's the vision he has and and he thinks well, it can't be we're miles from anywhere where anything would be happening. there's no way in the world, mm-hmm. but actually, lo and behold, suddenly the enemy jump out, so there's a nice, simple one
2: mm-hmm.
1: um where given a little bit of a warning um and the other one in Robert Kirk's one is yeah there's one of the ones that it, it tickles me as well. So in the pub in Killin, not a bit further north from Balquidder, but same sort of a general area, isn't it? Um, There's a man walks in. This is quite funny. I thought a man walks into the pub. There's already some men in the pub. Um, And the seer of the pub, which is getting the just that there is a seer in every pub in the (laughs) (laughs) islands. He gets up and he, he, he walks straight out the door. And people stop him and say, why are you walking out? And he says oh that man's just walked in he's gonna die in two days and the man's like what i'm gonna die in two days i don't think so who do you think you are so they have a brawl (laughs) the man who walked in kills the seer and then gets executed for it two days later
0: all right okay that's a good one
1: (laughs) (laughs) um and that that's they're all the ones from robert tarbots a letter actually is, is much more structured around this event this event this event this event mm-hmm. where Robert Kirk sort of goes around the house he's trying to work out uh who can see and why can you see so some of the examples are sort of more spread out so Tarbert has more examples of things actually um so I've got them in the list here so he's a, uh and, and Tarbert's because he's a lord he's traveled around a lot and he's sort of got group of people servants and whatever that go with him and he'll stay overnight at houses of people friendly people that he knows so yeah. he goes to stay overnight one uh one night it stops at a, a house and um they're going to stay overnight and his servant who and he has a seer as a servant of course mm. every brigand every pub um his servant says oh oh no uh we can't we can't go in there uh we can't stay and he says why why can't we stay here we've been miles from anywhere and um he says no no i i've just had a vision of a coffin is going to come out of that building and tomorrow you know and um Tarot's like oh, i am not got where to go I, i'm making little bits <laughs> up here i'm making it a bit more real but um you know far from anywhere it's late at night come on we're not doing this and He's like right is anybody about to drop dead no we're all in good health we're gonna stay that's it and it's the um it's the owner of the house that drops dead
2: ah right okay
1: and he's taken out it it's a an apocalyptic fit which is actually a stroke um hmm. so, yeah because uh he calls him the landlord which is interesting because it's a house and then it's a the landlord but maybe they're all pubs when they want
2: to be- <laughs>
0: just frequenting <laughs> pubs and finding seers
1: it's so it like quite phone. a good job
0: actually <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah that were your, that they were your job roles you could have in the highlands clearly back in the day
0: that's maybe the idea that's maybe that's where i'm going wrong i mean try to get the stories people people don't want to tell the stories so go to a pub they're half drunk and they'll tell the story <laughs>
1: yeah. or sit down and say yeah I'm the seer of the pub and I, that's, I'm talking to be resident yeah. here forevermore that's what the were <laughs> people were resident in coffee houses in London at the time Um they'd set up business there and, and uh, saved on your electricity bill <laughs> in today's money <laughs> but yeah the, the, instead of having to pay for um, an office or anything like that they just go and sit in a coffee house and, and they'd have a regular table and that would be their office yeah so maybe the same happened out in the highlands with the seers
2: a few a few
0: coffees at costa um that's it see do you think do you think that a uh, they tried to figure out why people did see um did you think
1: did
0: you think what did they come up with did they think it was hereditary or
1: the short version of it is because he seems to meander back and forward. Actually, he's got lots of different examples, and he says that um, uh, he makes he kind of makes a bit of a list about it. And he says he thinks that more men are seers than women. That mm. might be because they're in the pub more. I don't know. Yeah. Um, he doesn't say that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, he says that he thinks some people are born with it, and some people it just comes on them, and he doesn't know why, and they don't know why. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's because they've. Um, he says it is possible to have an unction which will allow you to see and there's also a really strange thing that if, if there's a seer trying to get this right I haven't actually looked at this bit for a while so if you are with a seer and you want to see what the seer is seeing <laughs> you have to put your hand on his shoulder I think and your foot on his foot there's some sort of thing and the se- you, then you can see what the seer sees but only temporarily while you're in that position yeah. So there are various different ways that you can become a seer or see what the seer is seeing.
0: It's, it's interesting, like, we things like that. I wonder how that was passed on. Like, the the how they actually understood that, and then it was passed on through maybe families or seers, and then it was passed on the Kirk and, and, and things like that. With that type of story, where well, you need to do this and this, and, and that works. Because there's in, there's interesting stories these days, the same kind of thing where, as you know, you'll get people who are born with or you will get people who... Uh, just comes on them. And there's, there's some kind of stories that go about these days where they might have a... They'll be right for the life, fine. Not any interaction with anything. And then they maybe have a UFO counter or some of like, it And then it starts to develop something from there. Or they will maybe have a... I don't know, maybe a, a high... Something in their life that has caused like a high amount of stress. And then after that, it triggers it. Mm-hmm. Or it triggers something within them i mean but it still happens to this day and it's interesting that it's no different from what was going on then you think now that things are ramping up or there's more people these days it's just no it's, it's always been there i think
1: the internet gives us the illusion there's more of everything these days
0: yeah totally Aye. Yeah, it's
1: so definitely. easy to find whatever
0: you're looking for and there's so many examples of everything no um, definitely yeah but it's it's just interesting that, you, that there's it was happening then and um people were tapping into it
1: yeah i always wonder whether you know it's uh how much of it is true how much is it that they want attention or that that's their their only way of doing things there's always other ways that you know psychological reasons why people might set themselves up and say they can do that but i always wonder whether the thing about if you if you see or can see things and you put the, your hand on their shoulder and all that surely yeah. that had to be tested out and someone had to agree that was the case. yeah yeah
0: that's it uh, aye you're going then right okay well oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you think yeah you would think like the whole pub would come and oh i want to go i want to go with
0: um, the conga like, off, you
1: know? <laughs> yeah, yeah no. so i do wonder about these situations i think well, there could be some really funny funny versions of that you know horrible history style i think but um yeah we could play with so okay there's another three examples um in allah Ullab, bill it says now I think that isn't I, I was thinking that was all pool but actually it's on the edge of Lochbroom. I did look it up
2: all right was, okay. <clears throat>
1: um and this is uh again Lord Tarpet was passing Loch broom went to Alapool, and he passed on the road a see a servant a seer he sounds like more of a um farm worker type servant um, he was stay he was staring strangely and he stopped um he dropped his spade spade sorry and stopped working and he was working on a field and so he said oh you know wh- what can you see because you're just staring into space and um this seer said um i can see I, I, it well the way i've remembered it is that it, the english army coming um but i think he, he described it as horses and red coats or something mm-hmm. so um Coming when the barley was ready to harvest, and he it wasn't sown yet. That was him digging the field. Mm-hmm. So when this when this crop is ready, the the English will come. And um, how did he know that? Who knows? But apparently that did actually happen. So it was mm-hmm. this happened, and I think there's an element of people wanting control over. I mean, if you're you've got no very little communication, very slow communication with neighboring villages and towns and things and and you're constantly in fear of the army turning up yeah um, you would want that control wouldn't you so um maybe he's just the one that hit on the right time i don't know maybe they're all <laughs> oh they're coming next week no they're coming tomorrow no they're coming next year and and maybe he just hit on the right time who knows hmm. but, um, apparently so it was <laughs> um and then uh, another point in his travels um when he was up in ross in 1652 he was at the home of alex monroe and uh i think this is another one where he stays overnight and uh he gets there and he sits in a chair around the fire and there's some other other people there as well staying overnight islanders and uh one of the islanders says oh i've been sit in that chair go, well, why not what's wrong with the chair and he says well the chair right next to you you've got dead body in it so i know it not empty nobody there at all it's empty And so the islander says, no, 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 there's a guy there, and he's got his leg over one arm of the chair, and he's slouched in this particular position, and whatever, and describes this man to a T, dead man. He's like, oh, okay. And then the next thing that happens is that someone comes to the door, um, and it's one man carrying another man who's not very well, and he's been hurt. Mm-hmm. So he puts. they say, oh, put him in that chair. So he sits He sits in that particular chair in that very pose. But he doesn't die. So it's not quite a premonition.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Nearly dies, though.
0: So was it the same guy?
1: Well, it, it, was done, same guy. it was... Supposed to be the same guy. Supposed to be the same guy. Yeah, uh-huh. and it all happened within, you know, the same evening.
0: Mm-hmm. So he
1: nearly died, but he did actually live.
0: So, so Tarbit must have been travelled around asking for these stories
1: yeah as
0: well right like what he's got
1: <laughs> he might have been or it might just have been that Tarbert traveled a lot anyway yeah and he just came across a lot of things and then when he was asked um I think because of well Robert Boyle being you know big in the Royal Society I think he, he just had a bit of an interest at some point so Robert Kirk was doing some stuff and he asked Lord Tarbert well you know what wh- what do you know about this simply because it was genuinely an interest it, mm. is is scotland full of seers does everybody know everything in scotland about what's going to happen next Mm. and um so lord tarbert had had written him a letter that that gave him all the encounters or the examples he could he could think of yeah
0: Mm. that's mad that's great
1: tarbert is an interesting character tarbert does have a a great interest in uh, um witches as well but he he was uh he hunted the witch hunters so he's a suppose a, a rationalist of sorts he would see through the stories about this person's a witch and he'd yeah. say actually no that's not the case um so i quite like target for that so
0: usually just trying to get rid of somebody for the village <laughs>
1: that's exactly what they were doing yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's his that's his case or sometimes they get money for it. i think in target he was uh there was a few years where he was in charge of the courts and he noticed this pattern. so he was like hang on a minute and went after the witch hunters
0: we don't we don't often hear about people who did that in those days no nah, no we don't i mean that's it I mean the thing we as well we we kirk, do, you, do you think kirk had um we're reading between the lines do you think kirk had experiences in regards to himself apart from obviously you know the, the the kind of folkloric experience you hear what happened to him at the end and stuff but i mean apart from that do you think that maybe he was a seer or maybe he had some experiences that he didn't relate, relate to or he just had an interest in it?
1: Really hard to tell. Um, and um, you're right that, that what happens to him in the end, has, the, the legend of that has overshadowed everything and everyone there's a sort of general understanding and the way he's described is that he must have come across fairies and that's where his interest came from and that's why he disappeared with fairies as well. I'm pretty skeptical about that, to be fair, and uh, I also think there's a, there's a lo- another little bit that goes in there that's to do with him being a seventh son, and therefore, as a seventh son, he was naturally a seer, mm-hmm. which is part of part of fairy folklore. Um, but actually, I can't find any evidence of anyone else who was ever a brother of his. Um, I've come across a couple of kirk's around about the same sort of time, but they're not re- they're not related. I've checked, so. I'm not sure about that. Um, <laughs> and in terms of what he writes, uh, I also haven't come across anything that suggests he, I think the he definitely believes or he had any experience beforehand. So his first text, the, the commonwealth, the, the straightforward essay he writes at the beginning,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you definitely get the impression he's writing as an academic. Um, he doesn't believe in it. However, yeah. he may be masking it. He may be thinking, oh, that's not, that's not good, you know, it's embarrassing, I'm not going to let, let on that I know about it, I'm just going to write about it as if put himself yeah. in that space. As, as he then responds to Tarbot's letter, it becomes a little bit more confusing because he starts relating to, ah but this happened in the Bible, oh but that happened in the Bible, oh but this happened in such and such, and, and he's referring to ancient texts and things. And you can see him sort of almost working himself into, maybe it's true, And that almost makes me think that he never did have any experiences prior to writing the Commonwealth, because otherwise he would have been a little bit more confident when he got to that. Rather than going, just just the way he comes at it, I kind of think he didn't. But But it was very difficult if everybody around you sort of believed in it, wouldn't
0: it? Yeah, even at that though, or if they didn't believe in it, and they seen it as... um, If people didn't believe in it, and they seen it as like, People it did Neil it as in notoriety or whatever else. So maybe him looking at the like the Bible stories and so on as maybe actually putting out a justification that some that that it does link in where and it's it's trying to convert people in a in a underhand kind of fashion. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you know what I mean, no underhand, but looking at it in a sense where well this could potentially happen because it happened here or they relayed this here or this story yeah. was there you know yeah. that. But, but we more just come
1: right the idea that there's more. There's more in heaven and earth than we, we can perceive you know and um uh, here he is writing this thing he, he never says it that they don't exist he just writes them about it third person academically mm-hmm. and then when he, when tarbo also puts his name in the hat he's like well actually you know maybe because you know god's done these miracles and these things have happened in the past and if we believe that then why can't we believe this but mm-hmm. yeah he doesn't um he doesn't relay any 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 instance in which he's seen something which mm-hmm.
0: is the important bit, I think. Is he? Is his grave
1: empty? Oh, well, good question. Um,
0: the question I got asked, is me, and, and I couldn't mark, remember. Whether whether it was, but... I... Sorry, on you go. Yeah, so
1: the, the the legend kind of records that it's full of rocks that his bones are not there. Other people say that he, he an image of him was found. You know, like a, a waxen image that would be left behind by fairies. Um, mm-hmm. If they took the soul, they didn't necessarily take the body, or they they left a a familiar type fake body behind that looked the same Mm -hmm. so some people think that was buried there are also some um some theories around and they they seem to to hold up actually the 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 stone on the top because it's a flat grave the stone on the top is actually dated quite far you know decades later yeah did
0: did somebody else know reinstate a grave for him Was it no like Walter Scott or something like that? Or is it no like Scott or something? Or something before that?
1: Quite a bit to answer for, I think, because he's the one that links together Robert Kurt being disappeared by fairies and writing about fairies. And before that, nobody sort of links those two things in text, Um, whether they did verbally or not, it's impossible to tell. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, Walter Scott, being a great storyteller, of course he's going to link those two things. and And he's the first person that says he was stolen because he wrote about because he wrote about fairies and he gave away their secrets so actually in in, in accounts from before then that those that link isn't made so that's mm. quite interesting trying to get to the bottom of what really went on is the become a bit of a i'm down some sort of rabbit hole doing that now right now yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> Try to find out actually what happened
1: what actually happened to robert kirk i think that's that's of great interest mm. So I've got one more premonition for you, and this, um, again, uh, is from Tarbet. and he said that all through this, there's this man that from a particular village, and all through his life, seers had constantly been saying to him, "You've got, you've got an arrow through your thigh." He's said, "Well, I haven't." He's like, "Yeah, but one day you will." So his whole life, he's waiting to have this arrow shot through his thigh. And everybody else like, when is like, when's this arrow going to shoot it through you? Hey, no, do you know what it? happened yet? What's happening? There's not even, even enemies around. Who's going to shoot you with an arrow through the thigh? And then he dies. And everyone goes, oh, Well, that was a lot of rubbish, wasn't it? All these seers. All of them. They all thought he was going to get an arrow through the thigh. So they go and they, they go to the church to bury him and give him his funeral. And, and as they, they turn up, rock up to the church, there's another funeral party rock up to the church at the same time and they have a bit of a fight over who's going in first with their corpse and (laughs) in the course of this this fight an arrow is shot and it goes straight through the dead man's thigh (laughs)
0: that 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 bad a fight at a funeral that's that's a although you still get fights at funerals mind you in scotland but uh people drinking too much and stuff but uh, that's quite mad, actually, fighting me um, about like, a crossbow or a, or a bow or something like that somebody get an arrow through the leg. A dead man get an arrow through the leg. Uh...
1: A waste of an arrow through the dead man's leg. <laughs> yeah. There you go, it came true. It did come true in the ver- at the very end. So there are all the premonitions that are in, um, in, in the text and the larger text. Um, but like I say, none of them are, um, you know, what's going to happen next year and... Uh, mm-hmm. Who's going to be king? That would have been a useful thing for someone
0: to have predicted, but. No, uh... I mean, I just I find the whole thing interesting. Just at what they were looking into and following the stories up and and try to gather them and and things like that um, as well. I mean, it, it I what I, what I did find interesting before when I was speaking to is like the kind the um, I'd call them portal stories. You know what I mean, where people disappearing and and or reappearing. Um, yeah. I found them quite yeah. interesting that certain places of people disappear and stuff. Um, you still get things like that going on. <laughs> I mean, so it's makes you
1: wonder,
0: doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how 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 are you getting on with the book?
1: Ah well, uh yeah, I've written quite a bit this year. I think I think these things take longer. Some some things I've written in the past just happen sort of by accident, and and you you like oh that's been published before you know it. So and then other things take months and months and and. To be fair, in the past, things that have had illustrators for that's taken longer, mm-hmm. uh, whereas this one doesn't need an illustrator. So I thought it would be quite fast. And actually, no, it's not because uh, there are so many different accounts of uh, Robert Kirk. Uh, even, you know, I'm only really looking at the ones that are predate the, the internet because um, the internet is full of things that refer to them. So I'm like, right, I'm just going to stick to them. But yeah. even um, going through them, uh, I tried to write myself an, an essay just to keep me straight on them. And what they say, because they don't agree on anything, they don't agree on dates. They don't agree on how, how many wives he had. They don't agree on what what how his family lost their money when he was a child. They don't agree on anything. They don't even agree on how many children he had. So, trying to work my way through all of that, I've ended up with a sort of ten thousand word essay going on for on that with a big grid. And uh, <laughs> imagine it a complete nutcase down a lane, you know. <laughs> um,
2: Not at all. And then. Not at all.
1: Uh, yeah, been through all the all the different texts as well, and explored it myself, and found out a few extra things that are not in there actually. So it it certainly is um, worth me to uh, worth one the stuff I've got there. There's only the odd little bit, but uh, there are, there is stuff that I've noticed that I'm fairly confident about that other people haven't noticed. Um, in terms of just the text itself, and then working through his life, I, I, because I'm trying to write a sort of linear um you know and this happened next and this happened next like a story yeah and yeah I know that anyone reading it will go ah but that book said this and now ah, but that book said that or oh but what about this source and I'm like oh at what point do I stop writing footnotes that explain why I don't think that was a reliable source
0: <laughs> yeah 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 there's too much too much uh, <laughs>
1: yeah, there's been too many yeah, clips in the past <laughs> yeah quite possibly um so yeah I'm just down a bit of a rabbit hole with it at the moment, and um, most of most of it's there as a sort of um, first draft, I suppose. But it's just what to keep in and what not to keep in, and what makes it hang together and still make it a readable thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I,
0: th- I think it's interesting uh, as well as like some of the other stories where you maybe have people having experiences, like some of the ones that was related before, and we. Let's say even just disappearing to somebody else, coming back, or the ones with the lady who would disappear and came back, and for that was a good number, of, it was a, a good bit of times. is a good fun, and and things like that. So it's almost like you have um experience, experiences back then who were kind of dealing with something else, and then it's still kind of going to this day because you get people who are coming forward and say they're having experiences and and things, and it seems like the same thing. And um Jack Valle, he would basically say. It's, like a, it's a different mask. You know what I mean? Whatever it is, it's just masking as something else. Um, or some people just believe yeah, it's always I mean, the same thing. Or maybe it's just been the same thing, but as a case of it's masking for maybe what's could potentially have been acceptable at a certain time frame. Mm.
2: Um,
0: but it's interesting. It's just, we just
1: don't know. So you've got to try and work out why that happened. And some people will say it's aliens, some people will say it's you know, second sight, some people, you know, whatever it is. I mm-hmm. I think I had better sort of rational explanations for the for the examples in the last video than I than I have for this. i I it's just I mean what what is this the science of premonitions? It's um someone makes a lucky guess and and they get it right and get a name for themselves or do they actually see
0: it's funny though like I'll I'll give you one in a moment, right? So it's like um, so um it's and I mean it's you probably everybody has deja vu. And mm. um you probably and the only thing the difference between deja vu and a premonition, well I would think anyway, is because you you have deja vu, you kinda remember when you've thought of it before, mm. right? So you have deja vu where you oh, I remember this, I've been here before. And you just get that instant that instantaneous kind of glimpse of that. Um and you could maybe you maybe just see a few seconds ahead just at that moment. Or you just kind of have the same kind of feeling you've been there before, but you think you've been there before. But you get some things where which which I've had in the past where there was one story I could always there's there were a few, but I could one I could always remember. And um and it happened. I was I was on a bus and I was travelling down to Cornwall and um leaving up here, and I, I, worked with a, I worked with a contractor up here. And I was gone to there to stay for like a, a couple of years or something, and I could remember nodding off on the bus. And I can rem- remember nodding off on the bus and working, working with this chap um, at the back of the house. And, um, and I could remember like, what everything looked like. I could remember that, what the scaffold looked like, what we were doing, where we were working, the house type and what he was saying just in a kind of small instance and maybe just like maybe a fleeting minute gone through it all all right and it was like one of these sleeps you get when you're you're just nodding off but you're no you're no sleeping you're not awake and it was like that one when you're just and it was that instant it was kind of like maybe just nodded off for like a few minutes and i had this and i could remember it and it it didn't just disappear from my mind i could remember thinking no that'll, that'll no happen because um I'm going to here to stay for like a couple of years. My mum moved down south and um I kinda thought I'm gonna do there, i probably know see him again, I'll not be working up here again and all that kind of stuff. And and it I was doing there and I stayed and my mother died after a year and um I came back I came back up the home. I came back up to um, Scotland again. And within like half a year or a year's time, I was back working with this guy again and I was in I was at this this building. And it just and it was like I never remembered that, that actual bit. I could remember when I remembered it at the time, and it wasn't until it happened again. I thought, I know when I've remembered that. And it was that everything was the same, everything was the exact same. And I could remember the back of the house, I could remember what he said. And it was just, when he said that, it clicked for whatever he said at the time, it totally clicked. And I could remember everything. And, and, but it was the thing with me it was, I could remember when I remembered that, not just like deja vu, because deja vu might just be these wee instances, wee glimpses, maybe the future or whatever else but you've no remembered when you've remembered it or when you've dreamt it or whatever else. And um, so that was, that was. there's a few other ones that happened to myself, I mean, but that was, that was a kind of interesting one because it did happen and I could remember when I thought of it, and it was like about a year and a half prior. Um, There's another one science, as well. Which
1: science is, would take you down the route of, um, you know, time-space continuum and whether or not there are wormholes in that. Um, whether or not you know is, t- is time and space a, a static thing that we travel through rather than something that's ongoing and um i don't i'm not a scientist so i don't know about these things but you know there, I, I think a lot of the stuff that comes across to us as the unknown at the moment. Um, probably it must have some sort of rational explanation it's just that we haven't yet understood what it is and that would be the same for the the case for Robert Kirk I mean some some of the instances he describes you can now sort of pinpoint oh well actually there is a condition it's quite rare but every now and then there's a woman who after birth does such and such and he describes exactly that but they didn't know about the condition then and it would have been so rural and they would probably not have come across another one you know example of that it would have been known by medicine at the time so of course they put it down to fairies but or they put it down to some sort of supernatural thing but it is actually a medical condition we know now so maybe we're just at that stage where there's another leap to be made and we'll find out why these things happen to us and maybe you're your your memory—it's almost like a memory that you had in, in yeah. on, on your travels of a, of a future event, isn't
0: it? Well, People, I mean, people think that. Then well, some people think, anyway, that times all all times are happening at the same time. Yeah, and um, like linear, and it's like well, no linear, but like at the same kind of time out of the way, rather than like um, on a cycle. But um, that's kind of one one aspect to looking at it. And but I think if you if you look at quantum physics, like, I think they can explain it. Um, I've started to read that
2: book.
0: (laughs) Started to read that book, Um, but I I had another one where it was, um, it was a, it was a, a, it's a dream. It was a strange, strange dream, and it was before COVID, and there was people um, in white hazmat suits, people in white hazmat suits, and they were they were dragging people away and stuff, right? And this is well before COVID, and and it was, I could remember, I could remember, I was walking. Sorry, say that again.
1: It's just the image we saw from China right at the beginning when nobody believed it.
0: Aye, I mean, but see, it was it was actually um, it was well before COVID. I had it maybe a year or two years before it, and there were people with haz- white hazmat suits walking in the street, and I was walking down the street with nothing on, what, no hazmat, and they were just oblivious to me. But they were like grabbing other people in that and they were like pulling them away and doing loads of stuff and the penny, and I could remember the dream it could it was really, really vivid because there's like some dreams I have where they will be extremely vivid and other ones they'll just be, you'll just forget them, you know what I mean? But this one was really vivid it's one of the ones that kind of stuck like you were there. And it, it wasn't until I was watching the news and it was like them were dragging people at houses and that. I was like, ah, that's like, that was the, that was. It was like, um, I don't know, you could just have a dream and then just chalk it up to that and tie it in that later on, but it was off. It was well, That
1: it was, might well end up being explained through psychology rather than through quantum physics. That might be the way, I mean, Jung, Carl Jung describes something very similar. I take it you're probably familiar with Carl Jung. He and uh, you, you just tap into a consciousness that uh, sort of a bigger community and you and you might tap into that uh, through um dreams obviously but also through creativity um so you might create uh, a picture yeah Actually, that's come from somewhere so um maybe there's something in that maybe we'll... Totally. I, mean,
0: uh, I mean absolutely it, it, it was it was weird though because it was a bit prior but it was one of the ones that stuck in my head and it wasn't the penny never dropped until it, you could also just rationalize it and say "Back, it you just had a dream about people in white suits and that and then that's happened like a year later or whatever but it was quite it was quite interesting it didn't happen uh, too long after it but like the the main one that actually sticks in my head which has never ever happened which is which is um it was so vivid where there was uh, this was a dream, obviously, but there was like the, I was I was doing it at the beach, and there was something wrong with the water. Where it was like churning, it wasn't like it was like a tsunami or nothing like that. But it was like churning. The actual the the water was like just really really violently moving, getting back and forth and everywhere. And I was on a cliff looking down at it, and um, and it started to get dark. It started to get dark. And so I started walking back to the car, and before I got back to the car, it was getting light again, and the sun was setting. So it was almost like. And so coming away from the dream, and I still remembered that, so it was really, really so vivid. It was it was like and I'm not saying this is a premonition or nothing, it was a dream. <laughs> so it's not a dream, but it was just so vivid, it was a crazy dream. And I'm hoping this not right? So um the sun was setting and rising and it was setting and rising really, really quickly. So it was it was almost like the way I, I think this something was going on where the earth was actually spinning faster. So the sun was riding and setting like quicker for some reason.
1: I was uh, gonna say maybe you're a seer, Chris. And now I'm thinking, I really hope you're not.
0: Know. <laughs> I hope I'm not. That <laughs> well,
1: doesn't sound like a good scenario at I all. I don't know it.
0: what I don't know what was going on there, but it was just it was almost like there was the sun was setting um, and rising faster. But that was only a dream. It wasn't a premonition. And the only really premonition I said I've actually had was I definitely when I could remember was in a dream where I was working at the back of somebody's house and, and that was it. Or apart from Deja vu. Um so uh it's not, dream
1: not to know whether or not these things are gonna come true. I know. Yeah, there's nothing, nothing very um, stable about any of it, or very dependable. We could do that. that
0: that's, the, that's the thing is, though, when you're talking about the, seer, the seers with Kirk, and um, when you get the seers who are adamant about the the, the arrow in the guy's leg, it's almost yeah. like you can't change it. <laughs> it's almost like you, you can't get away from the fact that this is going to happen.
1: <laughs> yeah. A lot of this, oh, this is another one, it's not actually an example. It's not It's not an example of such or a, a story. But he does say in this in text something about um quite a lot of seers describe um or when somebody's ill or going to die, and I think it's more it's you're not, not if you're gonna get killed, uh, it's not gonna be a sudden thing, but if, if maybe if you have cancer or something, you know that sort of thing where um you've got a terminal illness in those certainly in those days, um and the, the seer will see. And a lot of seers have obviously said this, that uh, they see a shroud, and it starts off just at the feet, and and so when they look at the person, they can see it, no one else can see it, and then gradually as this illness gets worse, and the person can be completely unaware, mm-hmm. this the shroud goes further and further up the body, and then at a certain point, you know, they die. It's mad. So that's quite an interesting, one.
0: That is it. Eh? That's interesting. No, yeah. no, I, I didn't visit. Uh... I didn't go up and visit the grave and stuff, uh, Robert Kurt's grave. And um it's just covered in money.
1: Yeah, that's a recent phenomenon, you know. Yeah, is it? Is yeah, it yeah, it didn't used to be when I was a child. Uh, there's quite a lot of different things that have happened over the years and, and it just it's just how society responds to it, I suppose. But the money money is fairly recent. In fact, that I would say that's in the last twenty years or something. And then did you go up to the did you go up the Fairy Hill? I, the did,
0: tree? I did, yeah, I did up the tree yeah
1: with the, lots of um ribbons and stuff loads of, loads of
0: ribbons ribbons, pictures um gifts little gifting and things like that yeah all that came. Well, that,
1: that started when i was probably a teenager nobody had done that before mm-hmm. and then there was um there's a, a dunan's camp which was clearly sort of prefab war buildings of some sort i think it was i think it was something to do with um bringing children out of Glasgow and, and housing them outside of Glasgow because of, the, the you know, the war. Yeah. Originally, but then it became, um, uh, it's still owned by the council, or whatever, it became a, a holiday camp for years and years for, again, children from usually schools, I think, maybe I went, I, I, I've
0: been there, I went there yeah. as a kid, I, I did go there. Um, right, there,
1: was, there must have been some teacher there who hmm. come up with this brilliant lesson plan to get kids. Um, to go out and uh, experience, you know, come on out into the countryside, guys, and we're going to have a walk up a hill. And obviously told them the story of Robert Kirk and come up with this lesson plan that um, and before we go, we'll, we'll write on a ribbon, a wish. <laughs> so I remember the few years that it was there. And, and I grew up just at the bottom of that hill, actually, one of the mm-hmm. last houses that you're walking up to. It. And um, I used to got there all the time. Mm-hmm. And some of the some of the ribbons had really it was it was really interesting to read them all because there'll be some that were, i'd really like to have a tv in my room and then there'll be others like oh my baby cousin's dying and somebody you know fairies can you please yeah. help and um, so some of them were really tragic and other they were just really mercenary uh, yeah <laughs> but yeah it always started, i would say yeah uh maybe uh 25 years ago mm-hmm. it's not it's not actually that old it's not like it's been because you, you hear about these Fairy trees around Ireland and stuff, and they, because it's linked to folklore and legend, you think they've been doing that for hundreds of years, but maybe they haven't. Mm-hmm. It's been interesting to be part of a village and watch that grow. Yeah. The other thing that was interesting was that they built a new um, information, tourism information centre at some point. It had been in this tiny, tiny little village, uh, tiny, tiny building, and um, really just a desk. You know, what do you want mm-hmm. to know? And then they they built a proper purpose-built building that's still there now. And someone, I don't know who it was, (laughs) an artist was commissioned to do a um, a sculpture. It was in a glass box, and it had to be a moving sculpture. Presumably, you pressed a button, and it did stuff. Yeah. Oh, I an animatronic things. It's really good. (laughs) And it was, was, I don't know who did it, but um, it was Robert Kirk's head, or the top half of his head, Mm -hmm. um, sort of as the... as, as the fairy hill um, and then you could see underneath it so was a, a shelf mm-hmm. and underneath there was the rest of his head and then there was all these um like um there were stilettos shoes that went around <laughs> the and I was I remember as a teenager thinking stilettos got to do with Robert Kirk. <laughs>
0: Did you ever it find out really no? <laughs> no, yeah.
1: why, no? No, I've never found out why. And I still don't know why. And I assume it's just an artist's interpretation of fairies, but mm. I'm not sure that they did wear stilettos, not on the hill.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wonder is the a, is a school is a school camp still there?
1: I believe well, I mean the buildings are still there. And I, I think for a while it wasn't um a camp, but I'm sure somebody said recently that there was kids up there again for something. So yeah, it was a teacher from there that allegedly, anyway, that started the whole craze of putting ribbons and stuff up there. That but it mean... divides the village, you know. Divides the village that does. That does so that... some people in the village think it's wonderful and it's you know it brings in tourists and you can imagine if you in the cafe, it's a great thing. Yeah. Other people <laughs> yeah. in the village are really against it and they're like, oh, we don't want all the rubbish up there. Somebody has to clear it every year. There's no money for that, so yeah. you know it must be volunteers. <laughs> and they they don't like it because it's a uh, sort of you know, not very ecologically sound and they, lots of rubbish. Can't
0: take away the gifting, no. <laughs> it's like you was struck down.
1: <laughs> I was quite like that. I thought it was quite nice because they're making more of it. And I think probably the, the village doesn't really cash in, as it were, on this fantastic legend that's on their doorstep, really. Mm. And and most of the villages and uh, most of the tourists that go there, they're going there for the, the woods and cycling and you, know, you see car parks full of um, Caravans with bikes on the back, and everyone wants to do all the hill climbing, and, and then oh, that's great. Yeah, oh, I kind of completely missed a trick. They should actually have you know, streams of people coming just to see where Robert Kirk's grave is. But mm-hmm. they did eventually put up some little signs about it.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: I say eventually. I, I, I obviously, I'm just of an age <laughs>
2: where
1: <laughs> no one made anything <clears> when I was a kid, and then um. Some point there was some sort of regeneration and uh, there's like there's a couple of little signs now and, and the forestry commission did some bits uh, with the trail up the hill and things mm-hmm. so it has gradually grown but i think it would be a huge hit for aberfoyle that suddenly was mobbed you know it's only a small village place
0: yeah yeah totally it is uh yeah
1: yeah
0: uh, it is i mean as uh, i, I kind of I, I took the dog up there no long ago and i, I, I walk up to the grave and I went in the forest and stuff and and that and I can imagine some people for the town getting peed off yet, of it and, and trying to benefit and then getting struck down <laughs> by the powers of pee. You realise that I'll never I'll end able up able to Kirk. back up, up.
1: life because if I write a book about the fairies, mm-hmm. it'll be me next. <laughs>
2: That's it. That.
1: That's it. That. <laughs> Even after a YouTube video, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm scared.
0: That's it. That. You get, you get blamed for it. Yeah. <laughs> the the, the, the what do you call it? Um, the rejuvenation here. <laughs> I
1: suppose if the book flunks, then I can I can fake my own death and everyone will think oh, I've been saved stolen by a <laughs> my backup plan.
0: I'm sure it won't flunk. You know I mean? <laughs> <laughs> listen Well listen, well well thanks very much for the stories and thanks very much for your time. And um I'd also like like to let me know when um, your book comes out. And um,
1: yes, I will. Yeah.
0: And we, a, so have you have you got anything online or anything like that yet? A lot. Have you got a, a website or anything like that? No, no yet.
1: Uh, yeah. I think I gave you my website address last time. Um, right. it's. I need I need to revamp it. So um, it, it, at the moment it still sort of showcases my children's books. So,
2: seeing
1: mm-hmm. as I'm moving into an entirely different area, I think I'm going to have to give it a bit of a revamp. Um,
0: yeah. Right. So we'll we'll put that in the show notes again for anybody who want to see that. And then, uh, so well, thanks very much for your time and uh, thanks for coming on again. Thank you for
1: having me.
0: Enjoyed it. than welcome.
1: And your story.
0: Sorry. Thanks for that. Uh, <laughs> premonition stories. Aye, uh, a few, a few weird ones in there. I mean, that's m- my own. You know what I mean, so that was. Uh, um, there has been other ones as well. I mean, which were quite odd, like, but um, in regards to being in a nuclear facility and running downstairs and all that kind of stuff and things like that, but. Or no, I'm just it's,
1: it's, it's, you're not, are not actually gifted in
0: that way because otherwise, no, the difference between the, the day and the sun and the world going around too fast that's pretty scary. That. It's pretty odd, like, I mean, the thing is, it, it was pretty odd because it was, it was the thing, the difference between these ones in comparison to another dream, it's like they're, they're so, so vivid, it's, it's really, really, really vivid. It's not like a normal dream, it's like you're there, and uh, there is a difference between them. There's only been a few in my lifetime, you know what I mean, and the. The one with the guys in the white suits was one. There was like, They were proper, like, it was, the funny thing was, it was well before COVID, and it was like the proper kind of hazmat suits with the internal um, air tanks and all that kind of stuff. So it was like, you can imagine the suit, but it's, it's not just a hazmat suit, it's like a, it's like a proper hazmat suit with the air canister inside. So you can imagine, like, a fireman would wear like an air tank on his back, so it's like a suit that contains all that. So um, it was just odd. I mean, but um, the penny dropped when i seen them in China, but it might have just been anything else, but um there's been a few mad ones. I mean, but that one with the world thing. I mean, it was in the world, that's what I chalked it up to be in the world because it was just it was the the sun mm. setting. The sun set, the sun setting and rising fast. Oh, I'll tell you another one which I forgot about. And it played into a bit of deja vu, and this did happen, right? So I was um I was at school camp know that school camp Um that i was at um Lagan school camp which was it's it's um one of the ski resorts up in the cairn it's like the, one of the kind of ones far east no far east in the far east but the far east of the Cairngorms. so it's like you've got um what's the name of the hill the left so you get the left know where that is yeah. so you've got well, so you've got the cairngorms like the mountains with the with the ski resort over for that, like further over the next mountain range, there's one called the Left, and you need to kind of drive through to, to get to it and stuff. And we we stayed at a, some school camp there, and I was in first year. And I could remember, I could remember the same thing happened when I was younger. So as I was saying, I forgot about this one, actually. So the same thing happened. It was like falling asleep, and uh, I had I had this like short snippet of the dream they talking to somebody. And so what it was is, um, well before CDs, well before CDs, when it was like a tape deck player and stuff like that, I was I was standing in a place and it was like it was darkly it was darkly lit with flashing lights, and I can remember standing and I was and I was I had the disc in my hand like a silver disc in my hand, and I was talking to somebody and I said, "What is this?" And in my at the time in my dream, I never knew what it was. Right, I just seen it as a silver disc and I didn't even know what it was at all. Fast forward, like maybe I don't know how long it was. Not I mean, until um, that happened, probably when I was like in primary school or something. I could remember it vividly. When I got to this, I was in uh, high school and it was maybe in like second year or something. And, I, and I, I went to this place, and I could remember CDs and all that were coming out and all that kind of stuff. And it was, I could remember being at this the same place and asking the person, "What is this?" And it was the same person, and it was the same thing. I was only asking what what um a bit, I was only asking what um what album it was.
2: Uh-huh.
0: I wasn't asking, but in my dream back in the day, I was asking what it was, and I kind of interpreted it as I didn't know what the thing was. But I was actually fast forward a number of years. It was what was the what was the music, and it, it was, like, I it was the. the gift.
2: If I, if I, think, it was, I don't have
1: to get but I
0: think you have. Everything was the same. I mean, everything was the same. It was starting lit because it was like a kind of disco thing we were trying to have as well and there was flashing lights. So that's what it was. For him was the exact same. So aye, so that, what I forgot, but that was a, an interesting one for back in the day. Um, but aye. Anyway.
1: You've you your own little book all about, all of your
0: different things. Well, I'm looking into, I mean, I'm looking into um, remote viewing. Um, so if, I've read like, all oh, Robert, Robert, um, I've got to say Robert Robert Monroe's books. This was the guy, he started off in the fifty with having the out-of-body experiences. Where he would leave his body, and he ended up done. Um, he, he kept it to his cell for a while. He thought he was dying, and he ended up. He, he managed to. He managed to have a process where he could actually do it quite easily. Leave his body, right? And then, on it,
1: demand. Sorry, say that again. On demand. Like on I demand.
0: Yeah, yeah, He could leave his body, so he could, he could, he could put his cell in a darkened room and leave his body, and he would go. He could go anywhere. So he had like things where it would be a casey. It was like
2: right.
0: on on this on this dimension where we were in this world. They called that like Locale one, and then mm-hmm. Locale two was a place where it was like like here, but you could see you could see other people like people who had died, right, and stuff. So most people who died had he explained it as they travel on elsewhere, right, and looking at it, where they went and that kind of stuff. There's quite a lot into it, right, but the people who were ghosting, for example, they were just Attached too much to materialistic things that were here, no, in a greedy sense, but maybe like a house they loved, and then or a person or things like that. And they didn't know to leave, and it was like these people are kind of stuck. And so that was kind of one aspect of the ghost thing, but it went elsewhere as in like any other type of dimensions, which were all in the same type of place but on a different vibration, right? None of that's basically basically, um, you can't bring him back and say, oh, I've seen this and believe me, right? Because you could just interpret it as it's just in his mind. But he did mm-hmm. do a lot of scientific tests it, where he could basically, they um, were in one room, he would leave that room, go to another room and tell them what was happening in another room or who was in another room or what they were doing. So he could do all that kind of stuff. And they tested that numerous times. So he ended up, uh, he started this thing called the Menlo Institute. And it's it was it has been going on since like the sixties or something. He started that in the fifties. I think the, the institute was like in the sixties, seventies, and so he was developing all types of thing um, to do with psychics and out of body experiences and and things like that. And he ended up he developed this thing called um, hemisync. So it's to do with basically your your left side of your brain and your right side of your brain, and it was a um hearing. Different types of tones in your ear that um, it then bring the two together, right? So, it, it, so you ends up it, it's it's easier for you to to do this in regards to like astral travel or out of body experiences, or it's easier to meditate and stuff like that, right? So, you could you found out that um, the you could actually get people at that, that kind of stage a meditation a lot quicker by using this hemisync device and doing that, and it was it for years and stuff like that, and done it, and there's loads and loads of stuff in it. And even the people who done the I whole thing. Training...
1: There might be something in that, and I'm saying that because in education and childcare, there is, a, um, and I, I couldn't tell you who, but there, there's definitely a theory out there that um, uh, me, learning to play an instrument actually has this healing quality, and the reason it has it is because it links your left and right brain, uses both sides of your brain, mm. That sounds
0: like a sort of similar thing. Well, he he had a thing where they would do that and it would make it easier for you to, like, out-of-body experience or get to a meditative state. There's different ways of working with the hemisync stuff. But he developed this whole, um, he, he was in contact with other things, right, elsewhere. And he was basically trying to help to awaken people. Right, so that's what the whole kind of thing was to try and do. Everybody had this, on them to try and bring it forward and try and do all this. So he started them in the institute, and um, it was a non profit kind of thing. And end up like that. People would go and do courses and learn stuff and, and do all that. And he was involved in doing stuff with um, some of the people who were in the military and all that as well. So these people could leave their bodies and go and see things and and do all that. I mean, and and it's odd, did not All oh, this kind of kind of say stuff
2: mm. and he
0: developed it, and it still goes to this day he's, he's dead now but his books are amazing but he's got three he's got three books and one's called journeys out of the body and um, far journeys and then there's another one um i can't remember the other one but it's like those three books and they're amazing and um but they're still running to this day there's one in the uk and there's one in there's one in the us and as i'm saying it's just it's, it's totally interesting so i've just actually been through reading i'd actually read stuff on national travel going back when i was 18. And then, um, and read a few books then, and then I ended up I read uh loads more recently. And then I've just linked in with this I've got a guy on next week who's a remote viewer. They actually get paid, they get like some of them, like I've got their own businesses, and they get paid by companies to, to look at the stock exchange or to, to find things. What um, is
1: the definition
0: of a remote viewer? Why is that different from a seer or a because it's well, they they see it as I think this it's been described and they see it more as a a brain process rather than it's like they try and keep it away from the woo, if you know what I mean. So it's like the the woo being um, a bit airy-fairy, right? So they try and keep it away for that. So it was like a military-designed thing where you could do this and anybody can learn it. To this guy, I was listening to a podcast, this guy, Joe McMonagle, he was like the number one person who'd done it in America where the... um he was the first candidate and the government had done it and they'd done it for years and they trained train loads of their people and stuff like that and there was this thing in Japan where they were trying to find um, lost mummies, the ex- these emperors and all that kind of stuff and they ended up, he went and he found them and all that, found them in this obscure island and um, it's amazing some of the stuff, like I mean, but it's totally provable, the thing, this is, it's, it was a factual thing, it was in, there was loads of different programmes in America and the government, one was called the Stargate programme, another one was called um what was it i can't remember the name of them all but they they ran for years anyway and there's a a film there are a film on it was a more kind of tongue-in-cheek comedy film called men who stare at goats and it was george Clooney was in it
2: yeah
0: Yeah, george Clooney was in it yeah it was based on a true story i mean so um but it was more kind of that was more tongue-in-cheek about a kind of stroke comedy about it but that actually happened and that was kind of like what the film was about you know what i mean so uh, interesting though what
1: do you think about all uh, you know the big ones what do you think about like nostradamus and um baba vanga i think her name is, isn't
0: she Honestly, predict big i've stuff. never looked into baba vanga in like that. nostradamus i mean i mean they've got all his stuff is written in code so it's it's i don't know how people can totally just decipher it and come out and say oh, it, it means this i mean i mean a lot of that stuff like seems to be just yeah. pulled out of hat i think you know what i mean it's like although yeah. You Could maybe interpret some things. I can mind looking at Notre Dame years ago and I'm relaying stuff about Hista um, and things like that. And they relayed that oh, it must be Hitler. Yeah, yeah,
1: was, and, was quite and, a few quatrains about that, wasn't there? But maybe it's one of those things. He wrote so many quatrains that and it, over such a long period of time, you could always find something that would work.
0: Aye, that's it. I mean, that yeah. is it. Uh, Darren
1: Brown would say that's what that was.
0: See, I can, Darren Brown looked at remote view and he kind of poo pooed it, saying the guy they had. Say they It was the same kind of thing. He said he's, he's, he you put that many different things in there that you could just pick what one you want to do. But the thing in the when they done it and what the guy was saying when they done it in like America with the the government and the they started it because the Russians were doing it. So the Russians right. were doing it. They had like some like, kind of like people doing psychics stuff and all that kind of stuff and protection and and trying to have seers looking at stuff and secrets and all that. And even like Hitler and that did it as well in the second world. Well, they used to have dowsers trying to find like submarines and stuff. So well, they, I think most
1: of, the, most of the royal family, you know, the, in the past, well, uh, they always had someone, didn't they? I mean, Russia was famous for having...
0: I Rasputin and stuff like that. Yeah. And,
1: mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm.
0: So they had all that kind of stuff so the Americans they looked into it and they could see this one guy who was um who was really really good at it and then they had more people training people and stuff like that and they had this program where it could it, it basically worked mm-hmm. and uh totally interesting but you can still learn it to this day and as i'm saying people people will learn that and Use it for a number of different things, you know what I mean? It's like some people just work for companies and they'll they'll do they'll they'll find certain things for them or things like that. I I don't mean, know
1: some it's... things have got to be based on this is the most probable outcome, or this you know, they've got they've got inside information or they can see patterns and how things happen. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I try and you know, as everybody else does, try to make predictions about who's going to be next prime minister or who's going to win this or that kind of stuff. And I'm invariably wrong because I've clearly don't use talent <laughs> whatsoever for that sort of thing. Um but
0: uh, they would back. they would do stuff like, would, like
1: there's got to be the asparagus lady. I like her because she's just so blatantly like, oh, I just pick up the asparagus and it tells me what's going to happen in <laughs> the world next year. Like, these
0: guys uh, <laughs> these guys would basically go they could go and like bio locate into another facility somewhere and like read name tags and files and stuff like that. I mean they could do all that type of stuff and they would draw they would draw maps the the areas and they'd show what the things in them and they could show it to a tee And there was other ones where they've been, there was ones as well where they've been, they they, they kept getting these locations and there was like a a strange one where they would get this location, it was on Mars, and then they they get told it was Mars, but they seen, um, there was like a massive pyramid on Mars, right? And this is one of the interesting ones, they've seen this like massive pyramid, and it was almost like someone was trying to communicate with them, and they gave it to like that—that was a total blind target. They didn't know. They just relayed that, and they thought this—this this must be a new find. Thinking it was on the Earth, um, because it's a lot bigger than one at Giza, right? And they gave it to a few other remote viewers as well, and they seen the same thing. We all seen the same thing, and, and the target was the target was something like it was something crazy like um, Mars, and it was like um, X amount of like tens or hundreds of thousands of years BC in Mars at a certain a certain point. Uh, a certain kind of like um, geographical point, they, but the thing is, they said that the thing is that they, they didn't it didn't really matter about the actual location because what they would do is they put right coordinates down and they could just go to that coordinate. But it didn't actually matter what the location was. It was just mainly that um, they could be able to find what they were looking for. So if they wanted them to go somewhere, they could actually just go, but they couldn't have the person in the room knowing what it was. Um. So it had to be double blind. They wouldn't know where it was, and the person wouldn't know where it was. It had to be somebody else would give it to the person, no we'll tell them where it was, and then they would basically. So they would, they would basically be prompting them stuff like, right, "What can you see? What can you feel? What can you smell?" and, and all that type of stuff. It's totally interesting. They're they're actually there. If anybody wants to find it, I mean, he's written up
1: as sort of experiments. Is
0: that what you're saying? I mean, I'll tell you what. I mean, there's a thing on a thing on YouTube, um, called. I'll send you the link for that, it's free, it's a video, it's a, it's a film free on YouTube, it's a, a documentary, and it's called, um, it's called, uh, what's it called again? It's called, I think it's called, what is it called again? Psychic Spies or something like that. It's, it's a documentary, and it's got like the guys who were involved in the some of the projects and all that kind of stuff, and they were like physicists and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And they, they ended up developed it and, and done it, and they could do it. And um it's, I'll send you the link for it. it's, it's quite interesting, like. Um yeah, but it's what I do be like what happened in America and the and the Russians and stuff, and about what they, what the how long it went for them and all that kind of stuff and how they developed it. It's interesting now because there's loads of stuff going on now, as I said to you before, in the American government with the disclosure process. Because now they've done things in the government where they're trying to some people want to try and get the whole UFO of aspect thing out, right? And there's, there's factions of dinnae, but they've done things now where, they've done things through Congress, they've already had hearings about it, they're going to have more hearings about it, and they've put things into legislation where um, whistleblowers can come out and know, basically go against their, their non-disclosure agreements and stuff like that. But there's lo- they, they know so much, I mean, there's like they didn't, we didn't know anything compared to what they like, know today. The but um, I, I know I'm rambling and sound like a nutcase, but you no,
1: know, you know, the less you know, isn't it? It I is know. actually
0: all happening. I mean, and that's the thing. It's like you go into in this rabbit hole where it's like totally consuming because it's it's not just conspiracies anymore. It's actually like it's a lot. Of it's actually going on. I mean, that's the
1: rabbit hole you're down, and I'm down a rabbit hole of historical documents. <laughs> you know, we've just joined up rabbit holes there for us. Totally,
0: oh, aye. Yeah, that's it. I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to delve into the Roman Union one soon as well. So I'll see how that goes.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, and we'll have to do Ghosts and Robert Carrick one day as well.
0: Aye, definitely. He calls
1: yeah. them Whites, actually. W-I-G-H-T. Um, whites. Whites, that's what he calls them. Maybe because they're white, I don't know.
0: Aye.
1: Just like today with a sheet over them. I don't know.
0: But- well, I mean, dig some stuff out and we'll do another one at some point, aye. Definitely. All right, then. Right, listen, thanks for your time and uh, I'll catch up with you soon. I'll give you a when this is coming out, all right?
1: Brilliant. Thank you very much. Jesus. Cheers.
0: See you soon. Cheers. you.